Hey guys, welcome back to Off the Water. I'm your host, Darth Yacker. Got a great show tonight. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to say I've got two really good friends of mine, uh, Brendan Bayard, Kalen Johnson, uh, both great guys. I met them both through, uh, through Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, and they've been uh, good enough to come on the show tonight, talk to us a little bit about uh, fishing. Uh, Brendan just, just won the IFA championship that took place here in Louisiana a couple weeks ago. It was a great win over a lot of really great fishermen. Uh, so we're going to have Brennan on to talk about that. Also got Kalen Johnson on, the redfish assassin himself. Kalen's known throughout the state and the south for being just a, just an excellent redfishing guy. Uh, he's going to uh, come on and talk to us a little bit about, you know, talk to a little bit about himself. We can learn a little bit about him. Also going to talk to us about uh, maybe some tactics and some baits to use for this weekend's upcoming Rumble on the River Tournament. Real quick, though, before we get to them, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, uh, Clayton Schilling, one of our uh, club members, former officer. He went down to Gunnersville, Alabama recently for the Hobie Bass Open, and despite being a saltwater guy, Clayton managed to uh, squeak out a fourth-place finish uh, amongst a group of uh, really great anglers down there. I, I think they had 80-something guys fishing. But, you know, this is a lake. It's bass fishing. It's something – Really, a lot of us aren't used to it. Certainly, we, we catch some bass down in Delacroix and, and, and things like that. But these were uh, these were black bass, I think they were catching. Some really beautiful bass, um, you know, some of them going over 20 inches. So big shout-out to Clayton. Uh, great job over there. We had a couple other members that did really well as well. Very proud of them. I think it was Wayne Lobb that, that I think he was in the top 10 uh, the first day. He may have finished in 11th place, I think, but he, he did really good. Um, Brandon Barton, Matthew Van had both really good days, first days. Uh, so just just really great for those guys to get out there, represent the club. Uh, Clayton obviously representing the state of Louisiana out there, and so real proud of them. Uh, I know uh, Tyler and I are going to be down there in two weeks. Uh, Chuck Bayhan, I think, is going with us, and uh, maybe a couple other guys. And we're going to be fishing the uh, the Native Titan Tournament uh, still on Lake, Lake Gunnersville. It's a one-day tournament in two weeks. Any of you guys are interested in fishing a, a big bass tournament over there, it's about a seven-hour drive. You know, you know, drop me or Tyler a line. Certainly we can talk about it. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be a band and food, and uh, it's just going to be a great, great event. So really looking forward to that. I don't do a lot of bass fishing, and uh, I've got to uh, go buy some new gear now. So going to be reaching out to a few of my friends here that, that may um, dabble, dabble in the freshwater and see what kind of uh, advice they can offer me. But um, some of you guys are probably wondering, where's Tyler? He's here. He's here, but he's blocked out right now. Uh, he's um, actually got some, some house issues going on, some fans blowing, uh, so he didn't want to be a distraction. He's in the back, though, in the works, running all the operations of the show. So just rest assured, everything will go smoothly as long as Tyler's in charge. So uh, real quick um, – just to announce, Rumble on the River is this Saturday. We're going to be talking about a little bit more on the show. So if you haven't signed up yet, Friday, I think Friday at noon is probably the last day to sign up. So make sure you go ahead and get signed up. We've got, I think last count was 41 people signed up. Definitely going to hit over 50. I'm, I'm still hoping we hit 60 to 70 guys, but the weather is looking great. The redfish are everywhere right now. It doesn't matter where you fish. Highway 23, you fish Black, Black, um, uh, St. Bernard Parish. Doesn't matter. You're going to catch some fish. Um, you're going to have a good time. It's just, uh, I think the temperature is supposed to be 86 degrees, some nice winds. The humidity has been dropping in the morning. So I know for a lot of those guys that haven't been fishing a lot over the summer because of the heat, 
this is going to be the time to get out there. You're going to make some friends. You're going to have a good time. You're going to catch some fish. And I think we're going to be serving some food over at the weigh-in this year. It's um, Again, it's at the parking lot adjacent to Hooters on Bell Chase Highway. I think we're probably going to have some wings and, and some other refreshments out there for everybody. So uh, if you want to come out there and fish, hang out with the guys, get some wings and, and meet some new people, make sure you sign up. Uh, Eric Stacy's also asked me to remind you guys that uh, Fall and Tide registration is open. Fall and Tide is next month. But the important thing to do is make sure you register before October 1st. The reason being is that we have to order T-shirts and uh, we need to know your size. So in order to be guaranteed a shirt and guaranteed a size, you need to make sure you order or rather that you register before the 1st and make sure you include your shirt size on there. So getting on to our guest now, let's go over to uh, – to Brendan Bay. Oh, you know what, Brendan? I'm sorry. Before I get to you, I, I, I forgot something. Um, my daughter has been asking me for a while to mention her on my podcast. So before I do, I've got to, my, my daughter lets me do this. My wife lets me do this. So what I told her what I was going to do is um, I had a birthday about a week and a half ago. And a lot of guys on here welcome me, uh, thank me happy birthday. So I appreciate that, guys. But my daughter and my wife, they know me so well. What I got for my birthday, I told them I'd show everybody. I've got the electric wine opener. It's it's a great thing. I don't have to worry about the corkscrews. Uh, it's just you push the button and it, it pulls it up. So this is how great they know me. My wife also got me this wine saver. So you actually put this in your wine bottle and you, you pump all the air out of it. And it's supposed to keep your wine good for like seven days. Which is funny because a bottle never lasts two days around here, but... <coughs> You know, in the event, maybe I go out of town or something. The wine will still be good when I go back from a fishing trip. And then uh, my daughter, Rowan, also got me. And I know this will freak out Tyler because he's, he's got some issues with it. But uh, enjoy massage. I got a gift card for massage. So after I take care of winning Rumble on the River, I come back. I'm a little sore after wrestling in all those redfish. Sunday, I can go in and get my, my massage over there. So should be all good. Should be all good. So... Thank you to my wife and daughter. They, they make everything I do possible. And I know Brendan, I'm sure Kaylin recently married here in the last year or two. Uh, no kids yet for Kaylin, but not yet, we all not know yet. we couldn't do what we do without our wives letting us do it. So uh, thank you, uh, Kim, and thank you, Rowan. So on to Brendan. Uh, Brendan, you are having a hell of a year, actually, with IFA. You, um, you didn't get to fish in the first tournament uh, that took place down in Lafitte. I know you had the flu. I was waiting for you, and, and you had the flu, and, and you couldn't fish that first tournament. But you made yeah, it. Yeah, it's a tough break. I really it, love fishing all the IFAs, and I haven't missed but a couple. But, you know, every time, every once in a while, you get something that you can't control, and uh, you just got to, you know, play it safe. So. You wanted to fish it, though, and, and your wife, again, just said, uh-uh, you're not leaving the house this time, right? Yeah, so she did. She knew it would probably uh, put me under for an additional, you know, several days if I went out already uh, under the weather. So yeah. absolutely, absolutely, and, and you know, wives know best. A lot of times, they just guys were stubborn. Oh, I can fish through it. I can fish through it. And she's like, no, no, you're staying home. So probably a smart thing to do. But for whatever you missed in that tournament, you certainly made it up. And the next one, the one down in, um, I was down in Dulac. I think we were. Somewhere down there, do large. Uh, it was a strange location, but you took first place at that one. Yeah, yeah, you you won that one, and then it sets you up for the championship. And this year, the IFA championship uh, was in um, Louisiana. Now, 
just to give everyone a little bit of background about IFA, tell us a little bit about it. It's not just a Louisiana thing, right? I mean, these are tournaments that take place all over the South. Is that correct? Yeah, we have, uh, I think the tournament's been going on since 2009, I believe. I think that's the first year I fished it. Uh, there was like a trial year the year before where they tweaked some formula stuff. Um, the, uh, the tournament's a catch photo and release tournament. Um, it's, it's for a trout and a redfish each day. Uh, so your, your maximum fish length on each species is combined into an aggregate length. And that's weighed against our weight and, you know, uh, compared against all the other, um, anglers. And, you know, that's how they seed you. If you have two fish, uh, you beat anybody with one fish. So let, let's say one person has a 45 inch bull red, but then the other guy has a 15 inch trout and a 15 inch or 16 inch red. He would still win with the two fish. Um, I think that's pretty standard in catch photo and release tournaments where the bag uh, fulfillment goes above the length. Uh, kind of like our tournaments do with uh, Paddlepalooza where the slam goes above the, you know, the bigger fish. And um, this first tournament was only probably about a month. Ago. The first tournament that I fished was only about a month ago. So really a lot of the fish that I was on really worked out for the championship. So that kind of yeah. set me up nicely. And so these tournaments, they take place in, in uh, like Florida. And I think there's, there's some other, maybe North yeah, Carolina. Texas division. There's Texas. a Florida East, a Florida West. There's a Georgia slash North Carolina, South Carolina division. They call that the Atlantic division. And then there's us in Louisiana. They used to have a uh, Gulf division, which I really miss because I really like to go fish that one. That was in the kind of panhandle Alabama area. Yeah. And so you get these competitors from all over these states, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, and they have the championship. And this year the championship was down here in Louisiana uh, at Grand Isle, at Bridgeside, actually. Yeah, I think uh, they started doing that just to make it easier for everybody. A lot of people, it's no secret, a lot of people were driving from wherever the uh, boat tournament was to go down and fish for the uh, bull reds that were really easy to get to in Grand Isle with all the passes near it. So I think, you know, just from our ease and enjoyment standpoint, they just started making the championship in, um, in Grand Isle for the last couple of times they've had it here in Louisiana. And uh, it's, uh, it's been nice. So, uh, you know, everybody didn't have to drive very far and we catch some big fish. Yeah. Now this tournament, it, it, it's IFA, which is the, uh, the International Fishing Association. Inshore Fishing yeah, I'm Association. I'm sorry, Inshore. Inshore Fishing Association. They actually do a boat tournament. Typically, the boat tournament's the day before the kayak tournament when you have these other, uh, not the championship, but but these other little local-type tournaments over there. Um, and Hobie's one of the sponsors of the IFA. Is that right? Yeah, they've been sponsoring it. Um, I guess the title sponsor, if you will, for the last 10 years. So. Mm-hmm. And I know they've, they've got the, uh, the micro power pole. I think they're also a sponsor. I know they, they give, they were giving one away at the raffle, um, and just some other really neat prizes. And they get, they get some really good checks, some good payouts considering the, the number of anglers that fish it. You know, I mean, you may win $1,500 with 40 or 50 anglers out there. So it's a really good payday, uh, if you're able to, to place, and I know they, they typically pay out a good number of places for the number of anglers fishing it. Yeah, I think they paid out eight places at the championship, and there was 42 anglers, uh, you know, so pretty good. Yeah, 
So now with the championship, you've got basically it's a CPR. You're, you're fishing for your biggest redfish and trout. And unlike most tournaments, you're, you're not limited to a 27-inch redfish. It's essentially the biggest redfish you can catch um, because it's a CPR tournament. So the focus is obviously on catching that, that big bull red. And uh, this was the first year I actually fished a championship. Um, and essentially everybody's fishing these passes in Grand Isle because – You've got these big bull reds coming out and you can see all the kayakers, you know, out there with I mean, pretty big rods. I mean, they're catching what, uh, how, how big are these reds they're catching out uh, there? I think, I think the smallest I heard of in the past was like 35 and then the biggest was 45. So within that, um, 15 to 30 pound range of redfish. Yeah. And I mean, those are big fish, 35 pound bull redfish out of a kayak uh, you know, you're, you're going to get pulled a little bit. You're going to get pulled. And, um, so, you know, a lot of people are fishing for the bulls and, you know, a lot of those are running 38 to what, I mean, top end on the bulls this year, 40, 40, mid forties. There was, I think there was two 43s and a 45 caught. Mm-hmm. And then there was a whole bunch of, you know, 41 to 39 inch fish, which, pretty much is typical, you know, you have a lot of people in all these events that catch a 39 to 41. So if you're in that kind of range, uh, odds are, in my opinion, just to move on, uh, you've probably caught what you're going to catch. You know, if you're, if you're still in the below 39 inch range, maybe try to call up a little bit bigger fish. Um, the trout tend to separate people, um, especially if you can get a really big trout. So that's kind of where my focus was and kind of always is for these tournaments when there's bulls that, you know, available. And and the trout fishing, you know, it it hasn't been the best, at least in Grand Isle. Grand Isle has been real spotty. It seems like at times it's really good. (laughs) Other times it's been really bad. Um, You know, they're there one day, gone the next. And so this year the the, the championship's in mid-September, which – you know, it could be a little bit of a transition time for, for trout over there. Usually a terrible time of year for trout. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the key really, I think going in, at least I think when we were talking earlier for you was try to catch a big trout, realizing that, you know, look, the bull reds are going to run 38 to 43 inches. So there's really only five inches separating there. A lot of these guys are catching 12, 13 inch trout. If you can catch something 20 plus, you know, you might have a 10 inch advantage there. And uh, so tell us a little bit about day one for you, what your kind of plan was and, and what you do. Because um, I know you came in the leader after day one, and that was significant really going forward into day two. I always try to give myself uh, – I'll look at the lunar bite table uh, on, you know, the kind of available that's for everybody that, uh, that shows the peak time and the minor bite uh, feed times. Um, this time it showed the, the major bite for the uh, championship weekend was from noon to 1.30, I believe, on the first day, and then 30 minutes later the second day. So I knew that I would have an opportunity to catch trout at the end of the day because uh, I, I really believe that the trout feed, uh, you know, a lot better during that, that major bite period. But I also believe that uh, during the morning, there's a, a time window, no matter what the bite is, that you can really catch a nice fish just as day's breaking on the water and the sun's coming up and it's just, you know, the kind of the golden hour in the morning, if you will. So I like to position myself with an opportunity to catch a big fish in the morning 
if that doesn't work, you know, you fall back on whatever you can get and then go bull red fishing. But then you have another opportunity later that if you didn't catch a big trout in the morning to go ahead and try for it again in the afternoon. This time it's, it was like the best, uh, best trout I've caught all year. You know, I've typically, you know, only catch a, a handful of these trout that are over 22 inches a year. You know, it's kind of, uh, you know, a fish of a thousand casts or more, you know, uh, throwing topwater baits, just, you know, finding oysters, finding structure, finding, uh, depth changes, finding, you know, really anything that would kind of create, um, you know, a, an Island with a, with a bank, with some bait. And, and I have like a, you know, 10 or so of these spots where I've caught big fish and I kind of make a mental note and then I'll just kind of cycle through them over and over and over again. You know, sometimes you go there and you get a swirl when you're throwing your top water. Uh, and then sometimes I'll just like leave that place and let it like settle, come back to it 20 minutes later. And that's when, you know, you catch your fish or sometimes you go right there and you know, they bite as soon as you throw in there. Sometimes you have to come back at a different time of day and then they bite. So, um, you know, it's just kind of a waiting game and getting lucky game. And I got lucky, um, on this, on this trout, this, the first day. And I was kind of, I couldn't even believe it because I saw the fish kind of jump out of the water and land on top of my top water. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, and usually (laughs) they miss it when they do that, you know, because they're like really just kind of flying out of the water, being aggressive, (laughs) not really slurping it under. And I just kind of sat there after it like landed on my top water and I was like, <sighs> and so I just kind of closed my eyes and slowly started reeling, hoping that I would feel something on the end there. And, and lo and behold, he was hooked up. I, um, I didn't know how big it was. It was, I could tell it was really big, uh, but it was, you know, at the end of my cast, cause I'm always trying to approach these areas and really try to make, you know, a, a 50 yard cast to them to, to not really, uh, kind of get near the area that I'm fishing so I can get as many casts as I can without disturbing the, uh, the zone. Uh, so I, I could see it was big. I didn't know how big it was. And so I just kind of gingerly kind of kept playing it out. And by the time I landed this thing, I mean, the line that was coming out of my reel was like so loose. And I was just, I was just kind of doing figure eight motions around the boat, just keeping the tension on him and just got my net. And I just, waited forever it felt like and then finally netted him and uh he was he was so hooked it was great it the hook the back treble hook went through his mouth out the thin spot of skin in between his jaw then came out and then hooked and then came back in so i mean he was like stuck you had him good yeah so uh you don't know that i mean you you know sometimes that. that, that little that little hook and any kind of release and tension could just, and they pop out and you're like, no, all my hopes and dreams. Yeah. And then there's $3,000. She just went away. (laughs) So how big was he? 23 inches, 23 inches, about four pounds. So you got to be feeling pretty good about that trout in September. Oh yeah. I mean, they're, uh, I mean, September is the time where you catch, uh, you know, 23 10 inch trout mm-hmm. and not anything that's 23 inches. So that's uh, what I caught 23, 10 inch trout. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, caught a lot of small fish. Um, you know, I only caught that one trout and then I left. It's not like I was catching a bunch of other fish. Mm-hmm. So I, I really set myself in an area where I thought if there's anything over here, it's going to be big. So, 
you know, you're throwing big baits. You're not going for numbers. You're just going for that one kind of prayer trout to come up and eat that bait. Um, it worked out and, you know, now after and it set you, me up for another uh, day of trying to catch reds. After you caught it, did you, did you leave or did you just like, I got to throw a few more times just to see? No, I left. <laughs> you left. Oh, and that's the problem though. Cause I know you love to catch big trout and, and I love to catch big trout and, uh, and it's hard. It, it hard. It'd be hard for me to say, okay, I'm, I'm picking up knowing the chances you catching a trout bigger than 23 inches are slim, very, very slim at that point. But it's but I had already, I had already covered that spot probably five times really and, and cycled back through it five times before it, finally eight so it's not like i had just gotten to this spot that maybe might be holding a, a big family of big sow trout I, I i mean i worked that spot over and over and over so wow i don't you, you know and that's something i don't do i mean I'll, when i'm fishing for trout I'm, I'm throwing and and i'm moving and i'm throwing and i'm moving and i'm throwing and moving but usually i don't circle back around and, and keep fishing the area it's just something to kind of to think about, I'm usually keep moving on. Um, but that's, that's real interesting that if you find that you've caught big trout in there, you're going to keep hitting that area at least a few times to see if you can kind of get that trout to come up and take that bait. Yeah. And that's, and that's I, I did that the next day that I, I, I started with my bull red on day two, just because the weather was coming in and I, I wanted to make sure I had a chance to catch a bull before we potentially had a bunch of thunderstorms and wind that ran me out of the pass. But I mean, I got my bull relatively early on day two and it, that's all videoed with the camera boat. So you'll be able to see that when it comes out um, on the, on the show later on this winter, I guess, or whenever. And then um, I did that exact same thing over and over, not, you know, concentrating so much on the exact spot, similar spots over and over again and it, it didn't work out on day two for whatever reason and i had to settle with a 14 inch trout and then go and work another area so i mean just because there's big trout in one area doesn't mean there's always going to be big trout and no matter how patient you are and grind some days it's just not going to work i mean yeah so you pick up the big trout you, you run over to one of the passes and you're you're able to catch uh, a bull red how big how big was your red that day um, when I got to the pass, it was probably eight o'clock. There was, there was a good amount. Actually, when I first got to the pass on day one, there was probably five guys fishing really close to the pass in Barataria. Um, uh, Dave from South Carolina was leaving. He had just caught like his fifth red. Oh. So I was like, wow, okay, this, there might be some uh, reds over here. But I mean, I was casting a, uh, a 4,000 size reel with a really big broomstick, you know, a, a one and a half inch lead jig. So you, you work this, this bait over and over and over again, and it, and it wears on your shoulder. And I, I'm seeing people catching fish left and right. You know, uh, Ty Hibbs has caught 12 reds. <laughs> I think Aaron Clay's caught a bunch of reds. I mean, there's all these guys are over there, like just catching tons of reds. I mean, everywhere I'm looking, people are catching reds and I haven't caught a red and it's like one o'clock and I'm like, man, I'm going to be this guy that catches my best trout of the year and come into the way in with the goose egg. With the goose on egg the on the red on the money fish. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, luckily, I mean, for whatever reason, 
they came through right at the end. Uh, me and uh, Joe Camiotti and some of the other guys who are right in this area, uh, kind of close together uh, at the, about the 1.30, 1.15 kind of time of day. Um, a, a big pod came through, and luckily there were some nice-sized reds. They were like 40-inch reds and not the 36-inch reds. So I got a, I got a 41, um, and so me and him paddled to the beach with our reds and helped each other, you know, pitch the tails and all that and take pictures. I think I sent a picture of uh, to Tyler just standing on the beach holding the red. That was from day one. Uh, after, after uh, you know, trying to catch a red for five and a half hours, I caught one redfish and I was done, man. I was like, I'm going in. <laughs> because – how big was that red? Uh, 41. 41. So, so you're sitting there after day one, 41 and 23, 64 inches? Yeah. That's how far ahead were you? Uh, what was second place at? Do you know on that day? Uh, 61 and a half. Oh, so three inches behind you. Yeah. Wow. So a little bit closer, a little bit closer than I would think with, with that big trout that you had. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the guy that was in second place caught a 43. Um, so, I mean, there was some and, – and then I think somebody else caught a 45 that day. Wow. There were some really big reds. So, the trout not necessarily kind of sealed the deal, you know, and especially if you didn't catch a red, it didn't matter what kind of trout you had. But Yeah. Um, I, I really had to grind a whole lot for that uh, first red that, that first day, and I, I was – I was just really down in the dumps. If you talk to anybody who saw me out there, they were like, you were like, you look like you were having the worst time. <laughs> <laughs> you get like, I, I, you know, and that's, that's the problem. You've been in these tournaments and I know Kaylin, Kaylin and I have talked about this before you get in those tournaments and um, you need one fish and you're grinding and you're grinding for like four or five hours. And it, it, to me, it's not the physical part. It's the mental part. You just start checking out and, and then you get into where you're just casting and, and it's just becoming a, um, uh, like, uh, just perfunctory, I guess. You're just casting. You're not really paying attention. Then you look up and you realize, man, I'm not even working this bait. I'm not even focusing. You know, you just lose focus and then you check out, you know, mentally. Um, and, and that's tough. I mean, to, to stay in it for that long for one fish, people don't realize how tough it is mentally. Um, and to grind. I know Kalen tells me all the time, you know, he says, you know, I, I didn't catch anything. And then like at 1230, you know, boom, here comes this redfish I've been looking for for six hours. And there he is. And it, it helps you cross the finish line at the end of the day. So day two, I know, was uh, was a little bit rougher than day one. Y'all had some some weather come through and it got a little windy, a little choppy out there. Yeah. So I set my alarm for like 3 a.m. day two. And it's really hard to concentrate when you have a lead because, I mean, I've blown a lead so many times. I mean, and I'm just in the back of my mind thinking, like, I'm going to blow it. That's what I do. I'm going to blow it. Because, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was lucky enough to get to go to Hobie World uh, when they had it in Austin. And it was a bass tournament. And for whatever reason, I was in, I was in first place after two days on that wow. bass tournament on in that lake, you know, just cause I was really just fishing top waters and frogs and, and stuff really shallow. Like I like to do in saltwater for whatever reason they bit. And I was like, man, I'm in first place in That's the movie world. Yeah. And then on day three, I caught one fish. 
<laughs> and just totally choked. So uh, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like, that's going to happen again. That's going to happen. So it's, it's a really stressful thing to go into to day two with a lead because you don't want to disappoint yourself. You know, it's, I think it's always easier to come back from like uh, an underdog mentality or like, oh, I'm, I'm two inches back, but I can, you know, fight hard and make up that. I mean, not to say that I hated having a lead. It's mm -hmm. just that it's mentally tough to deal with sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're kind of worried about it thinking uh, I'm, I'm winning, you know, and how I don't want to not win, you know, it's, and, and so it's, whereas in second place, you, you're not so focused on, you thinking, okay, well, maybe I have a shot, but if I don't, you know, hey, you know, I went into it and you don't have those expectations, but you put a lot of those expectations on yourself. And so you get up at three in the morning and we yeah, couldn't so watch I, it like to six, continue right? that. I got up at three in the morning to check the uh, front that was coming through because I oh. wanted to make sure if the front was coming through and it looked like I was only going to have a small window right at launch time, I wanted to go to the pass so that I could have you know, at least like whatever the front was going to give me to fish in the past before it typically gets windier during the day, you know, uh, the waves get worse, you know, just the weather, you know, doesn't improve as the day goes on traditionally. Yeah. So, um, I looked at the weather. It looked like we were going to have a, a little bit of time, but it, it looked like at about 10 o'clock, it was just going to be solid rain everywhere. So, I was torn. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like take my foot off the gas and, and not try for a big trout. But if I didn't have a bull red, I didn't have anything. And it was really hard for me to catch a bull red the first day. So I went with the bull red to launch on day two, got out there, camera boat follows me. I basically killed an hour doing nothing but looking at my depth finder. Finally, sun starts coming up. Uh, I think me, Brandon, and Benton were kind of just, you know, all going around different places, looking at our deck finders. And finally, we hear like a little, what's that? A little, uh, I think Brandon hears a little slurp, like, and he's like, was that a bull? Was that somebody just, something just eat on the water? And so we got excited and we started casting. He hooks up with, a, um, you know, those, uh, pinfish that they, those Florida guys are always throwing. They're like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, lipless crankbaits. And then okay. it unbuttons itself. And, and we're like, oh, man, how'd that come off? And then Ben's over there throwing a popping cork, and he <laughs> hooks up on a bull red. <laughs> and so, you know, we're in the past. He's throwing a popping cork. He catches a bull. It's awesome. And we're like, all right, there's bulls here. And there's so I start here. throwing. I hook up. I'm so tired from throwing the, uh, the 4,000 size reel on the broomstick the day before I'm throwing my little 3000 and then I hook up and oh, this thing God. is like, uh, a bullet train, like just yeah. leaving me. So I'm pedaling, try to catch up the, the, the camera boats following me and my reel screaming. I'm like trying to take my time to get this thing in and it just pops my line. It just finally wears through. Oh. And I'm just like, Oh, and I was like, that's going to haunt me. Yeah, so, uh, hey, buddy. That was, that was tough. And then, uh, so then I picked up the old broomstick again. And I start throwing that over and over and over again. Uh, finally, uh, hook up uh, probably, you know, 30, 45 minutes later, catch a red. 
um, get it measured. And, uh, and then I'm a lot relieved, you know, to get the red, get out of the pass before the weather comes at that point, it was, you know, eight 30 ish. I'm, I'm guessing, um, I didn't really care how big my red was. I just wanted one red and then I was going to go trout fishing for the rest of the day. Um, which, and you got them, which was exciting for me, exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I left, went back to the place where I caught my big trout, fish, 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 only could catch a 14 inch trout, uh, was a little bit disappointed. Um, and then I just went back to Bridgeside and launched like right there and planned to fish in the past for trout, uh, until the last minute that I could you know, and just basically paddle up to the weigh-in if I needed to. Uh, and so I did that all day, and then I caught a 17, and then came into the weigh-in, and that was good enough. Yeah, and that was it. You know, and, and Tyler just emailed me the uh, the uh, the scorecard from this weekend, and you, you ended up with a two-day total of 121.75 inches, which was certainly good enough for first place. Second place was 119, so you were solid, you know, almost three inches ahead. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, three inches is not a lot when you talk about four fish. You know, when you, you got bull reds and trout in there, pretty close finish behind there. Um, Justin Renerth, Renerth. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was from South Carolina, man. He uh, for for a guy that never came down to fish in Grand Isle, I mean, he absolutely killed it. I mean, he he did. What what an awesome um, awesome finish for him. He I think he also took Angler of the Year. With, yep. with uh because he'd, he'd uh won a couple of the the regional events and then did well at the championship um just looking real quick uh the, the other guys that placed and that were in the money uh ben parrot one of your fishing partners uh from florida he took third place uh phil spencer matt carr out of pack uh took fifth lance burgess another guy in the club took six terry fam another guy in the club took seventh scott bienvenu uh took eighth uh, and, 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 you know, he's over there at pack and paddle and, um, fishes with the Lafayette club, Wayne Lobb, another guy in the, in the club, uh, took ninth just out of the money. So first place, um, I know you won the, the big trout award, uh, for that trout. You also took, um, the angler advantage award, which is 500. And then what was first prize for you was, a a 2020, uh, pro angler. Yeah. Brand new. Yeah. It's got the new little fins that fold the- up. That awesome. break, break away, and and you haven't used it yet. It's just it's uh it's for sale. Does that understand? Yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants a new uh, a new boat, uh, give me a give me a holler. I understand. If you need somebody to babysit. Just let me know. Yeah. What's that? So if you need somebody to babysit, just let yeah. me know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to talk KJ into into getting out, but yeah, I like that outback. I said, man, I love it. So I like my pro angler. I says, man. But you're getting that out back, you just do all this stuff to go back. It's so light. It's so light. Um, I really love the new outbacks. The uh seat's more comfortable for me anyway. But um Brendan, man, that's that's a great story. I, I tell you what, I learned a lot about the trout there, and I know we want to have you back on again soon to talk about wintertime trout fishing. You always seem to find a freaking trout in the winter when no one else is catching them, especially at Minimalist Challenge. You know, you've got those techniques that you use. Um, and I know that's been a, a real key to your success. And so appreciate you coming on tonight and look forward to having you back. 
really learn a lot every time I get to talk to you and, and fish with you. So, um, you know, guys, if you're out there and you're ever out trout fishing and you see Brendan in that area, chances are you're in the right area. <laughs> You know, <laughs> just don't, yeah, don't, don't leave. Just don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Maybe leave when he leaves. Think around the corner and see what he, you can see what he's doing. <laughs> but, um, great trout fisherman. One of the best I know. The guy always seems to love the trout and the big trout. Um, so it's, it's really funny. So going, going polar opposite here is, is Kalen. Um, polar opposite. Fisherman. Great red fisherman. I mean, he he he's always catching them. Um, I got a funny story about Kalen. Him and I were fishing. Uh, it was, it was sometime last year, we were, we were pre-fishing a tournament, and we're we're down in Golden Meadow. We're in the marsh, and um, Kalen's like, Sean, uh, here's a bet: twenty dollars, twenty dollars, seven casts, and I'll catch a redfish. I said, I ain't giving you seven casts to catch a redfish. You probably already got your eyes on one right now, anyway. I said, I'll give you three casts. He said, uh, he said, all right, let's split it. Five casts, I'll catch a redfish, $20. I said, all right, five casts, you catch a redfish. Son of a gun. I mean, like, I think it was the fourth cast. Wham. He had a redfish. I had an hour. This guy's calling his shots like Babe Ruth in the World Series, just like right over there. I'm going to catch one right over there, you know? And same thing with Brendan. Brendan's like right over there. I'm going to catch a big trout right over there. You just watch. Don't cast. Let me get it. He's right there. I'm going to get it. <laughs> so, Kalen's calling the shots in the marsh. He pulls the redfish. Look, I'm a good sport. I mean, the guy, he, he did it. He won it. I paid him his money. And uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun watching him. And, and one of the things I've seen when I've gotten to fish with you, I'm when I'm out redfishing, I'm, I'm throwing. I'm looking. I'm throwing. I'm throwing. I'm throwing. And Kalen's looking. He's like, he tells me sometimes, Sean, I mean, I, I may not cast, but maybe 20, 30 times in one day. Because I'm sitting there. I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him, My eyes. And I find them, and when I get them, I got them, you know? You, you, oh, yeah. You get them. Yeah, you got – I mean, I, like you said, I, I really don't cast that much during the tournament, um, especially if it's sight fishing conditions. Um, it, once you do it for a while, you get used to uh, being able to pick out the right size fish. So if you see a fish that's not really big enough, I mean, sometimes you don't even bother to cast at them. So, uh, yeah, I definitely don't cast that much during sight fishing conditions. And I know you're – Typically, you're standing up in the kayak. You're looking around. You know, you're going. You got to go real slow when you're sight fishing, though, huh? Especially if yeah. the water is not really crystal clear. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, redfish. You can catch them right by the kayak, but they also can be real skittish at times too. So, um, it's it's real important not to make too much commotion in the water. Um, if you pedaling along and you start to see some fish uh, coming up. Um, it's important to just stand up real slow and carefully not to scoop the area. So, Yeah. Now, we were having this conversation earlier. <clears throat> we were talking, and um, I was actually out fishing. Uh, you know, Brendan, you were telling that story earlier about the trout that jumped up and, and landed on, you, on your top water. So I was out fishing this weekend with Tyler doing a little scouting for Rum on the River, and I'm in the marsh, and I'm in this little pocket, and I've got a, a, a bait with a jig head on it, and I see this little, this little pocket. It wasn't big. I said, you know, that looks like a pretty good spot for a redfish. I didn't see anything in there. Let me throw it in there. I throw it in there. My bait hits the water. This redfish, he's about 18 inches, wasn't that big, jumps out the water. I spooked the crap out of him. Jumps out the water, almost lands on the bank. He was so freaked out by my bait. I'm thinking, that wasn't the quietest presentation, I guess. And I was just laughing. I was like, well, I guess there was a redfish there. Well, he 
clearly was pissed off at my bait because he came back into the water and then hit my bait and took off with it. And I just, I just had a laugh thinking, yeah. what's he doing? You know, he got all, yeah, he got all afraid of this little bait. Uh-huh. He jumps out and gets it in there. But, um, you know, you've got a real quiet presentation, you know, you're not making a bunch of noise. Um, and, and we were talking about hooks because what I was telling you about, I had a problem with the, the I lost six fish this weekend. Um, uh-huh. How I had them hooked up. It wasn't like they hit it and got off. I mean, they hit it. They were on for a good 30 seconds, 40 seconds. I'm fighting them. They're running around. And then just like that, they're off. And I'm thinking to mm-hmm. myself, I can't have this happen on tournament day. I mean, not like you lose one, you understand. Six? Right. Six is a lot. So I'm trying to right. figure out what I'm doing. And we talked about the hooks. And I know you told me this before. The hooks you use or the hooks you like to use are a certain size when you're catching bigger redfish. And maybe tell us the audience a little bit about that and what you find important in, in your hook. Because a lot of people think it's a hook's a hook's a hook, but it's really not. You know, it's really a, hook, right. a good hook for catching bigger redfish are important. Um, and maybe you can share some of that with what we were telling me earlier today. Well, yeah. I mean, you can catch redfish on on all types of hooks, but of course in tournaments, you're looking for that, that big, you know, eight pound, 26 and a half or whatever is redfish. And, I think it's important to find a, a hook with some some backbone, some meat, some muscle. So I like to go with a five bot hook. I don't. I really don't fish with anything uh, smaller than a five bot. Sometimes I go all the way up to a six bot. Uh, the smallest I've I really ever fished with was a four, but that's I can count on maybe one hand how many times I've done that. Uh, so I my my reference my preference is a five bot or a six bot. And uh, just like Brendan said, he fishes with, uh, I think you said 30 or 40 pound, Brendan, for redfish? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do the same thing. I fish with mostly 40. Sometimes I'll beef it up to 50. And, We're talking uh, about braid. 40, yeah, 50 braid. braid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah braid. And uh, with that five-odd hook, you can set that hook real hard on those fish. Because, I mean, you got to think about it. A redfish mouth is real tough. It's not like a speck of trout. So you set that hook real hard and um, you sort of muscle them in when you have that 40 or 50 pound braid with a five-odd hook. So. Yeah. And so is there, is there a particular brand type hook that you like to use? You know, Um, I have, there's actually a couple of brands I like to use. Um, I like to use the, the owner beast owner makes a, yeah. Owner makes a hook and it has a, um, it's the, it's the beast line. Uh, I think Brendan knows what I'm talking about. It has a real wide gap. It's very, very strong. Um, You set the hooks uh, good on a redfish with that hook. And they're they're not coming off. It's very slim chance that they're coming off. Um, another another brand I like to use is um, Eagle Claw. Um, Eagle Claw has a, a a hook. It's a weightless hook. Um, it's weighted and it has a little screw lock on it. Mm-hmm. But the thing I like about the Eagle Claw is that it's it's a certain angle. Um, I don't know if I have one with me on my desk, and I think I don't. But anyway, if you ever get a chance to check those out. The angle that that hook is made, I think, in my opinion, I think that that plays a big factor of me not losing fish. I really, really, really um, lose a hookup on an eagle claw hook. I don't know what it is, but I think it's most likely the angle that it's made. And so that's, uh, it's got like the little corkscrew on the front that you could put in through yeah, the nose of the bait? it's basically, it looks just like, I don't know if y'all can see it, it looks just yeah. like this. Um, and this, I believe this is the Eagle Claw um, hook, if I'm not mistaken. But you see how the the point of this hook is almost slanted downward? Yeah. 
it's it's just something about that angle. Like every time I catch a hook, every time I catch a fish on that eagle claw hook, I have to get my pliers out. I can't get it out with my hand wow. every time. Yeah, so the, I, I, it has to be the angle. Is that the type? I mean, can you use that hook on just a regular type soft plastic if you want to? Yeah, or does it have to um, be a certain type of like a big swim bait or something? No, no. I actually had um, the the crawfish rigged on that. So you yeah. can easily put a crawfish lure on there or you can go with a swim bait, a little paddle tail. Um, it's, it's really up to you. So different sizes. Here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a problem I've had recently when, when – um, you know, I'm hooking up those the the hooks like that with the with the eagle claw hook you had on there, and when I put the bait on the hook, it keeps sliding down. It doesn't like stay level, and I, I, clearly I'm doing something wrong when I'm when I'm hooking it when I'm, well, when I'm putting the hook into the body because it just yeah. doesn't doesn't feed right. That I mean, that's, that's very. That? I mean, it, that's a very common issue. Um, one of the tricks you can do, like for instance. You see how this is red? So yeah. you, you mean that it keeps sliding down like that? Yeah, yeah, it keeps sliding okay. down like that. Well, a simple trick you can do is just kind of bury that point inside the uh, plastic. So you have the point sticking out right there. So mm -hmm. once you rig it, you kind of raise that, you raise it up like that and kind of push it in. And therefore, okay. the, the tip of that hook is buried inside the plastic. So when a fish bites, you know, it's, it's going to pop out and bam. So you don't have any issues with it affecting the bite at all because you no. know that's one of the things I look at. It's like, is this, is this going to affect the bite? Well, um, if if you set the hook um, strong enough, it it'll rip through that plastic and it'll penetrate into the mouth of the fish. So I mean, it also helps with um, if you're fishing in a lot of grassy areas. So if you're fishing in a lot of grassy areas and you rig it up weedless, that if the point of that hook is still sticking out, you can uh, snag some grass. So. You kind of tuck that point inside that plastic, and therefore you can just drag it over that grass very easily and uh, not get hooked up in the grass. That's why a lot of people like to stay away from grassy areas because it gets very frustrating. So, yeah, so. it does. I hate grassy areas. Um, yeah, I know. I, I know it's it. really good. I know it's really good. Brilliant. Grassy areas. <laughs> grassy areas. You, like, you don't like you don't like grassy areas, Brendan. <laughs> no, no, I like grassy areas for redfish. Oh. Yeah, 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 you gotta I, love it, man. That's where all the fat guys are. <laughs> I, that's where all the fat fish are. I yep. hate pulling up that drive and, and having to pedal through and paddle through that grass. It just drives me crazy. It's, I mean, hey. it's the look, the grass is thick, but I find that once you kind of figure out how to maneuver through that grass with that pedal drive and, mm -hmm. and keep it fluttered up, it's really not that hard. It's not okay. that hard at all. Yeah, I've you gone through areas of Reggio that have just been like just murder. You know, you it's don't know what you're doing. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I saw Steve Lassard come in one day after a redfish run. He he was muddy from top to bottom <laughs> on this kayak through grass, trying to get to those big fat reds. Yeah, um, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Speaking of which, I you know, I've 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 gotten to actually go out hmm, probably three times in the last two weeks. So I've I've really uh -huh. gotten to, I've gotten to to do that and. um you know, uh, it's a funny story, actually. Uh, I had, I was off last, um, last Wednesday, I think, and I wanted to go fishing. And my wife's like, uh, you know, look, you're always out of town and I could, I could, you know, what you want to go fishing. Why don't you stay here in the morning and help me with our daughter and stuff? I said, I said, Hey, I, I really want to go fishing. I know it's during the week and I'm off. And I said, you know, I said, I said, some of the guys, you know, they've been, they've been talking smack. They just don't think I'm going to be able to go and, 
and you know place at, at Rome on the river. And does she goes, that work for you, Sean? Well, yeah. Does that work for so you? She says, well, well, let me, yeah, let me say so. She says, well, what guys have been talking smack? I said, well, uh, Terry Pham. Terry Pham's been talking <laughs> some smack. He says, there's no way that I'm going to win or that I'm going to even place and he's going to bury me. And she goes, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. She goes, the popping cork guy? The guy that only fishes with the popping cork in the grass, Terry Pham? I said, yes, that Terry Pham. She well, baby, you got to go fishing then. I said, you can't. You can't not, you know, beat him at, at, at the tournament. So I said, all right, I appreciate that, baby. So, so I went fishing, and uh, actually I did real well. You know, I did pretty good out there. I threw everything back. But, look, here's what I'm noticing. These redfish are skinny. I can't find any fat redfish right now. And I, I don't know if it's me or if it's the area or if they're just skinny right now. So what, Well, what I think it's think? both. It's probably you. Yeah. And then it's probably the area as well. But <laughs> – I mean, it's it's the so me and the area I'm fishing. So basically, are you fishing the same area over and over and over again? Well, it's the same yeah. area, but not the same area, right? Uh, uh, but I've seen pictures yeah. of other people fishing other areas, and the fish are all skinny. No, I, I mean, I, I keep don't hoping know what it's going to gonna change. That one. But I, I, I noticed when I went, I pre-fished uh, once, like I told you last week, during the yeah. middle of the week, and. Um, it, I noticed a lot of skinny fish. I mean, I did see some real nice fish um, floating mm-hmm. around, but of course, I didn't. I didn't cast at them. I'm smarter than you. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you see the skinny <laughs> fish, you're just gonna avoid them. You know, he's like, oh, that 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 redfish there is only seven pounds. I'm looking for the nine pounder. It's not. Yeah, I, I saw a couple of nice fish, um, but there's like you said, there's redfish all over the. Place. They're all over right now. All over the place. Yeah. But I mean, the heat the heat has a, a lot to do with you know the size of those redfish as well. Um, I mean, we in the the hottest days of the of the year right now was kind of stop. It's kind of caught starting to cool off right now, but uh, the the heat definitely plays a factor in that. So, yeah, I have my I have my own theory, and I was thinking about this because I'm trying to wonder. I said this, the areas that I'm fishing are known for for having some pretty fat redfish, and this is what I'm I'm, I'm noticing is, and I mentioned this last time. There's so much shrimp in the marsh right now, and I mean, yeah. I saw some shrimp jumping that with the size of my hand skipping across mm-hmm. the water. And those redfish aren't cruising and feeding because they're not having to because they're just filling up on shrimp. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, they're just on a very lean diet right now. They're just filling up on shrimp. Mm-hmm. Shrimp, pretty lean, you know. And they're not real fatty like some real fat fish out there. And so I'm just thinking maybe maybe it's the diet right now. There's so much shrimp in the marsh. They hadn't blown out. They're just gorging on shrimp, and, and they're not filling up. And, you know, in the wintertime, a lot of times they start feeding on, like, trout. I start feeding on the thin fish and really kind of fattening up for the, uh, for the winter months. So I don't know, I could be completely wrong, but that's kind of the working theory I'm going with right now. Uh, as far yeah. as that goes. Yeah. It could be a mixture of both. You know. Yeah. So look, we've got, we've got all kind of launch spots available for people fishing on rum on the river. I'm going to mention a couple, you guys let me know if, if, if I missed something, but you know, starting in, in St. Bernard parish, if people are looking, well, where can I go fish? And catch some redfish. I'm, you know, I'm kind of new. We're, we're gonna go launch it. I mean, you've got Campos down in Shell Beach. Uh, you've got the, um, the the Brenton Sound Marina down in um, in Hopedale. Uh, there's um, Sweetwater Sweetwater Marina down in Delacroix. And then you've got the Reggio uh, launch right there. It's got a little honor box over there. So I mean, those are all four launches. Uh, all have redfish. You know, so those are certainly four launches you can go to if you're looking uh, to fish in uh, Saint Bernard Parish. Plaquemines Parish, 
Um, you know, starting at the northernmost uh, launch would be Myrtle Grove Marina. Uh, you come down a little bit, a few more miles, you've got um, Bayou Log Cabins over there, Lake Hermitage. You go a little bit further up the road, you've got uh, Happy Jack Marina over there. You go a little bit further up the road, you've got Joshua's, which is another good place to catch redfish. And then, you know, you've got, um, you've got what, Empire, Delta Marina, I think it is, Brendan, Delta yeah. Marina. And then, did, you say, did you say Port Sulphur? No, Port Sulphur. That's a good point. You got Port Sulphur right yeah. there behind the high school. That's another good spot. It's a, it's a free launch. You know, uh, if you don't know where it's at, send me, a, um, send me a text message. I can show you. But, you know, you go out there behind the high school. You go with the little levee launch and then, and then park over there. It's a real good spot. And then certainly you've got Venice. So you've got, man, you've got tons a of, lot of areas. Yellow Cotton. Yeah. yeah, Yellow Cotton Bay yeah. uh, right there at the, uh, at the pump station. Um, yep. is, uh, is another area to fish Spanish pass, which is like at the corner when you get over the levee in Venice right there. It's really mm-hmm. good. So uh, you didn't mention pips in uh, St. Bernard pips did not yeah. mention right you there. Said, uh, you said Joshua's right. Joshua's. Yeah, yeah we got Joshua's. Yeah, you got Joshua's. So, I mean, we got, you've got 12 launches that, you know, winning fish could come from oh, any yeah. of those launches, you know, Definitely. Uh, so you, you don't need to, to, a combat launch or know any secret areas the redfish mm-hmm. are everywhere if you fish the tournament you're almost guaranteed to catch one um you know it's 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 real easy i mean you know i can tell you what i've been catching them on the last three weekends I've been a quarter ounce johnson weedless gold spoon you throw it out and you retrieve it and yeah. that's all you have to do that's why it's worked well for me because i don't have to put any thought to it so you've got that um and then you've got uh You've got also oh Point of Lahash, um, you got Point of Lahash out there. Beshells, I think it's Beshells Marina. Yep. So uh, Tyler just reminded me of that. So I wanted to make sure everybody knew that that was out there as well. Uh, Gulp, I know, um, and you can throw a popping cork out there right now, uh, and you're gonna probably catch a redfish. So plenty of spots out there. But Caitlin, you, you, I mean, I know you you swap up baits. We, I know we we talked earlier when we first met. You, you kind of gave me a real good rundown of how you like to start out. Uh, do you find that your baits change over the course of the years? Maybe what you're fishing earlier in the years is a little bit different than the fall, or are they all basically the same? Um, for the most part, it's, it's kind of basically the same. Um, I, I really, once I get out there um, on the water, I kind of fish the conditions. I see um, how they're feeding, what they're feeding on, and I kind of just you know duplicate that. So I, I can use the same baits all year long. Yeah, so when you're, you're starting out in the morning – you know, we're able to launch at six. It's going to be a little mm-hmm. dark still. Uh, I think sunrise about six thirty. I mean, you, you can have enough light to to probably start fishing when it's dark like that. I mean, it's not really bright enough, really, for a good spoon, a gold spoon. What do you mm-hmm. what do you throw in that early in the morning that you think you might want to something to get their attention maybe early? Um, early in the morning like that. Um, there's two things that I'm throwing. Um, is either just of course your traditional top water bait, mm-hmm. um, or a lot of people, believe it or not, uh, struggle with the, trying to knock down the cadence of a top water. Uh, they don't know how to, you know, do the, the right cadence for it. So, I recommend going with a just a, a subsurface crankbait. Um, it oh, works yeah. very similar to a, a top water. Was that the, right the man's? Was that the man's baby? Man's uh, waker. No, this is this is the um, the Livingston uh, uh, bull nose, and it's just like a, a regular subsurface. All of them pretty much work the same. They just got kind of 
different swimming motions. Yeah. But um, this is the Bullnose by Livingston. And um, this one right here is is similar to the man's. Um, it's a Cabela's and Bass Pro brand right here. Now, so, how, how, how far do those, are those going to dive? I mean, you said subsurface. What, what type of depth are you looking at on those? Um, I mean, like literally right under the surface. So like six, you can see. Six yeah, inches or yeah, so? Couple of couple of inches. Yeah, you can see yeah. the, the actual wake of really? the bait coming through. Yeah, so it works very similar to a topwater. Those, yeah, so, and those look like bass bait. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can use them for bass, um, bass fishing. They work very well. I um, mean, they come in different sizes. Like I said, you know, you look at this one, this is a certain size. Then you got this one's a certain size. And then you got this one. So you just kind of figure out what what size you want to throw, chunk it out there, and just like the gold spoon. It's not it's not nothing hard. You just cast it out and uh, retrieve it back in. So so okay. very, a very good, easy uh, lure to use for those that struggle with the top water. Now, with that with that particular bait, will it, the faster you retrieve, the deeper it'll dive? Um, if, if you hold your rod tip down uh -huh. and kind of, and, and reel in a little bit faster, it'll dive, dive a little deeper. A little so dive my, a little deeper. Yeah. I recommend that you, um, you know, keep your rod tip up and, uh, just have a steady retrieve and it, it'll stay right above the surface. Okay. And so that's a, that's a good bait earlier. It's a big bait that they can see kind of really before the sun gets up that yeah. might really kind of grab their attention. Yeah. And it has a rattle in it too. So, you know, they can hear it as well. Yeah. And, um, okay. So that's kind of a, a, an early morning bait. Now say the sun's coming out a little bit, you got a little sunlight out there. The water's looking pretty good. Uh, you know, what are you, what are you throwing at that point? Um, at that point, it, it depends. It depends on how the sun is, is sitting because I think that <clears throat> the true sight fishing conditions really don't start until about clock, 10 o'clock after 10, that's when the sun is high enough for you to really do the best sight fishing that you can. Okay. Um, so in between like um, 8.30 to 10 o'clock or 9.30, somewhere around that time frame, I like to throw like a spinner bait or sometimes I chunk out a gold spoon or something that can, you know, give them a little flash that they can see it as well. Um, now, there's sometimes where if the conditions are right, you can still sight fish that early. Don't get me wrong. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes they're tailing. Sometimes the water is clean enough and you can get close enough to where you can actually see them. Uh, but I like to wait till about 10 o'clock to really dive into my true sight fishing uh, techniques. So before then, are you kind of just looking for tails, maybe looking for some busting bait and kind of throwing towards those areas or maybe some, yeah. some with some, some water or some bait moving? Yeah, I'm, I'm basically looking for tails and looking for pushes. Um, a lot of times if you if you pattern down the area very well, like say if I'm fishing a certain pond or a flat and there's a cut that leads into a canal, mm -hmm. if there's sometimes where you can almost time when a school of redfish are gonna come from out of the canal or out of the lake into that pond or that flat. So if you can pattern those uh, redfish, if they're schooling, you can pattern them, uh, pattern them very well. Um, you can kind of sit there and anchor out and just wait for them to come moving through and, and catch them like that. So Really? Yeah, I've, I've done that many a times. And oh. I mean, this time of the year, um, in the fall, uh, those redfish school up real good in the, in the lakes and stuff like that. So um, you can definitely find them schooling on the banks of the lakes, coming into the uh, ponds or the flats and things like that. Um, you can definitely find them schooling if the tide is right. 
Now, are you one of these guys that are of the theory, like, you know, if the water's dark and it's dark outside, you use the darker bait. And if it's lighter outside and the water's clear, you use the lighter bait. Or do you just kind of experiment a little bit more with your baits and find out what they want that day? Uh, I normally start off with the traditional, okay, if it's, if it's kind of cloudy and, uh, you know, the water clarity is kind of on the dark side, I'll throw either black and chartreuse, uh, purple and chartreuse. Uh, my favorite to throw is morning glory. Morning glory, for those that don't know what that is, um, I don't have one with me, but morning glory is basically a black and chartreuse with um, silver and red glitter inside the body. Hmm. And I find that, I mean, that's my favorite um, dark color to throw is uh, morning glory. So I'm pretty sure Brendan knows all about that. Brendan, you're a fan of the morning glory? Oh yeah, that's my, uh, that's my favorite nighttime trout bait. I've heard about some of your nighttime trout fishing. Uh, Todd Lewis was telling me about a nighttime trout fishing uh, expedition y'all had down in uh, Black Big Top Lake. Waters and uh, Morning Glory Plastics. Wow, man, I'm I'm, yep. I'm taking notes for for anybody there. I'm taking all these notes. I'm glad this will be recorded for posterity's sake, of fact, so I can go I back gotta, later. Uh, I found one in my bag, so I gotta if see y'all this. can see. See the black? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, red, yeah. yeah. That's morning glory. And, of course, it has a chartreuse tail. So, Man, and, and what yeah, is that? That's my that's favorite. A, like, a, like a little uh, cockahoe or something? Yeah, it's just a, a little cockahoe. It's made by um, by Miralore. So, yep. I think I got some of those. I never used it, though. Yeah, that's why you can't catch them a big red. I got a, I got a whole bag full of those things. <laughs> around and I, you know what you know my problem is? Is I like to fish with pretty baits. <laughs> <laughs> and so that black with the sparkly with the just that's just oh man you know, I want something <laughs> nice and it's it's like the purple or it's the clear with the sparkles and the glitters and I said that's such a pretty bait if I'm a fish I want to bite that pretty bait right there you know now, um, like like you said nice and pretty like if the if the conditions are real good and they got clear water and things like that I, I'm a more I'm more of a, a natural color guy I like to fish with a lot of natural color baits um, mm-hmm. the 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 more natural it looks, the better it is for me. So uh, that's what I like to throw in good conditions. And you like a lot of those creature baits too, don't you? Yes. The, the, the crawfish yes. bait, those type of things. Crawfish. I still have yet to catch a redfish on one of those things. Yeah, I like the crawfish. I like the um, the the tube, the salt tube, four yeah. inch salt tube. I love throwing those whenever they're real, real skittish. I put those. Uh, I read those weightless on a uh, a weightless hook. And I just toss it out there and let it flutter to the bottom, and they nail it. It's just a tube. Yeah, it's just a tube. I've just got a, a bag of those that you, you showed. Yeah, because I, I, I told buy you these. to I buy them so you can catch some redfish, and you still can't catch no redfish. I've never used them. I said, "What the hell? I'm going to fish with a tube." I said, "This well, yeah, looks like it, I should have something else on on here." It, it, I tell you, I got this. Good. I got this fancy black spoon with this big skirt and this thing that spins up front and. It was a, just the prettiest looking bait. And I hadn't caught anything on it. Yet. It was like eight dollars, and I, I still I threw it for like two hours the other day, and I couldn't I couldn't buy a bite on it. Couldn't, couldn't get why. nothing. Huh? It was just an awesome yeah. looking bait. It's, it's it's got the 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 thing that makes the waves, and it's got the tail, and it's got the skirt, and it's got the spoon. It's the dogri bait. Yeah, it's the it, it suckered me in good. It suckered <laughs> me in like that whopper plopper. I think some guys got all all excited about the whopper plopper. And then didn't catch anything. <laughs> uh, whopper plopper is good. Yeah. Hey, I was about to say, look, that whopper plopper is amazing. I mean, I, I call it, I catch a lot of bass on it, but I've also caught some redfish. So it works. It works. Yes. Yeah. You can come, you, Kaylin, you can come with us to, to Gunnersville and catch some bass. 
I mean, if, if I would have known ahead of time, I would have came. It's two weeks away. You could use. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> it's a big tournament, man. Yeah, I'm, I, I really want to go. I, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to try to go next year. Um, they, we need to get a group of us and go fish the Hobie Bat. Brendan, you, you need to put in that yard pass in advance, get down there and get like 10 or 15 of us to go fish that Hobie Bass open down there and just have a party. You know, we can, we can all go, go, um, go out there and show them how it's done in Louisiana style with the, with the crank baits and the top waters and the, the gold spoons. I'm, I'm bringing a popping cork. I'll be honest with you. I'm bringing a popping cork. They, they released the new schedule. And the one that's in Florida seems pretty close. Oh, there's one in Florida? Uh, yeah, or, or Georgia or something. It's a uh, well. There's one in. The- I know there's a couple in. There's a couple in Texas. Well, there's one in Texas, Arkansas, Alabama, and Florida. I think, and they're all within like seven or eight hours. So it's not. Yeah. It's not too bad. It's it's doable. Yeah, it's, it's doable, definitely. You know, and I don't bass fish, but I tell you what, somebody was showing me. I think it was online. Um picture of a bass they caught in Gunnersville. It was 27 inches and um 27 it was like 20 it was it was this big around a bass a bass was it 20 are you sure yeah yeah no i know it was 27 inches because the measuring board i bought they make you buy these certain measuring boards was 26 inches and i said well hell if i catch a 27 inch bass i'm gonna be screwed out of an inch because they're not going to be able to verify anything over 26 inches. Yeah, but at the same time, you caught a 27-inch bass. I <laughs> caught a 27-inch trout. I can catch a 27-inch bass. I'll be the luckiest sub-bugger out there twice, lightning striking twice in the same place. I mean, to tell you, that mouth on that bass was like that. It was huge. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, um, I don't know. I, we, I don't know if we have a picture of it. I think Chuck's in. It was a Lake Gunnersville bass. The thing was massive. You know, so um, I'm looking forward to going down there and, and fishing it. So, Kaylin, you're you're fishing uh, Rumble on the River. You're signed. Yes. Up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm not signed up yet, but I will be signed. Oh, up. you got to sign up. So you're gonna you're yeah. gonna sign up. Have you yes. decided where you're fishing at yet? Yes, I have. You have. It's, all, it's right here in my noggin. You gonna you gonna um, share some of the information with us, maybe? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Can, so. So basically, where I'm fishing at, it's um same place here, Brendan tells it's, it's me. It's here in Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's here in Louisiana. Um, it has marsh. Um, it's kind of could be brackish water. It could be salt water. It all depends, mm-hmm. you know. So um, it has redfish in there. It has trout, a couple of flounder, you know, things like that. Black drum. So that that's where I'm fishing at. That's yeah. good. That's good. Before I forget, <laughs> oh, look, look, Tyler, Tyler sent a photo to the group here. Yeah, saw that. Post it. Oh, look, I'm going to show it to the camera so everybody can see it. Okay. So here is – here's the picture. Can you all see that? Yeah, I can that see it. That thing is 27 inches. It's massive. That's so I thought you meant that somebody in the tournament caught a 27-inch bass. Well, I don't know. Maybe he was in the tournament. I don't know. But that thing, it just looks like a tank. I mean, it's huge. Yeah, that's, that's a stud for sure. Yeah. He says it was 13 pounds. A 13-pound bass. That's that's incredible. I'm gonna get me one of those. I'm gonna get me one of those uh those those 13-pound bass when I'm up there. So just to remind everybody that this is a two redfish tournament. Um, and it's a minimum slot this year. We're doing a 22-inch minimum slot. Couple reasons for that. One, 
you know, realistically, you're not going to come in with a 16 and 18 inch redfish and, and, and win the tournament or even have a chance of placing. Um, it's, it's just a reality. And one of the things we find is a lot of people, you catch an 18 inch redfish and you're like, do I keep it? Do I throw it back? Man, if I, what if I can't upgrade? This is going to make everybody's decision easier. We, we throw it back in and you focus on the bigger redfish. One of it's, it's, it's conservation in our part. We want to uh, have people not have as big of an issue culling fish. So, you know, throw back the smaller fish, let them get bigger, you know, focus on the bigger fish. You've got 22 inches, 27. There are plenty of redfish out there in that size range. So just stick with it and focus on it. It's, it's two fish. Uh, lines in at 6 a.m. Launch time is actually at 6 a.m. So, so don't launch from there. Certainly you can, you can get your kayak, get it positioned, get it ready to go. Don't set out from, from the launch before 6 a.m. Um, also, uh, I think uh, weigh-ins from 2 to 3. Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it, the, the weigh-ins from 2 to 3. It's at the Hooters uh, parking lot right there um, on Belchase Highway. So if you're coming in from St. Bernard Parish, you can take the ferry across. It's not that far if you decide to come in and, and grab I-10 and uh, and just get off the exit. It's it's really close. Uh, so you shouldn't have a problem. I mean, 3 o'clock is a late way in, so you shouldn't have any issue. I think, really, I think everybody's going to have the redfish probably by 10, I suspect, um, except for me because I'm going to lose a bunch and then have to keep fishing till 1 o'clock. Poor sight fishermen. The sight fishermen, guys who don't start looking for fish till 10, Kalen, you can yeah. sleep in. You don't have to worry about yeah. getting eight, and then you can really start fishing around ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I might, I might catch a nice eight pound on that uh, subsurface crankbait, so I think it'll be up early. You know what? <laughs> I, I, look, I at one point was fishing with that man's baby minus one bait, and uh-huh. I mean, I was tearing them up one year on that bait, and then I haven't used it again. I just completely forgot about it. And I'm thinking you brought. I'm like, man, I'm going to throw that bait. This weekend, yeah. I'm going to try it out for a little it's, while and see, see what I can do. I mean, um, it's definitely a good bait. And the great thing, it's it's good. You know, you, when you're in a foot of water, you know, you can you can throw that bait. Um, yeah, it's hard when you start getting into popping corks and things like that and throwing it in the marsh. You just it's, you just can't do it. The grass, it's 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 low. Yeah, like that. So, um, you know, I'm definitely going to try that out. One thing I'll tell everybody: uh, something I noticed. I was out there Sunday. Me and Tyler. And actually, Tyler's dad, we, all three of us got to go fishing together and uh, always enjoy it, you know, when, when I got there with Tyler or, or any of my friends, really. And um, and he had his dad out there. We were out fishing around. <laughs> this is a funny story. So we're, we're out there fishing. I mean, I'm hooking up, but I'm losing fish. And Tyler's dad's seeing me, and he's seeing me hook up and losing fish. And he's like, man, you know, what, what are you doing? I said, uh, I said, look, I'm, I'm just throwing this particular bait. I'm not going to say, throwing this particular bait. He said, well, how, how are you fishing that bait? Well, I'm throwing it. Popping it up a little bit, letting it sink, pop it up a little bit, let it sink. He said, okay, let me try that. So he throws it out, pops it up. This is his first cast. I'm right next to him, pops it up. As it's falling, this big redfish just smacks the bait. He's like, whoa, I'm all hooked up. The rod's been over. Pop, line breaks. And he's like broken hearted. I'm like, he's this guy, he's been fishing all morning. Waiting for this redfish, he finally hooks up and the line breaks. And he's like, "Just Jesus, how could this happen to me?" I'm like, yeah, "It happens. My all my redfish come off the hook. <laughs> Not breaking any lines. I just can't keep them hooked." So, um, anyway, but we had a good time. The weather was beautiful. Um, Tyler forgot his sunscreen and decided that long pants weren't the option uh, for him with the blonde hair and the um, 
untanned legs, so he got a pretty good sunburn and had to go in early. But, um, you know, he, he learned his lesson. He's still a young guy. You know, we wear long pants and long shirts for a reason. So, uh, well, guys, look, I think we're coming to the end of our show here. It's 942. I know we've all got to get to bed and get to work in the morning, so I appreciate you guys coming on. Brendan, I know you signed up, but you're not fishing this weekend. Uh, basically, you signed up so you can fish the championship in November, and I know you're 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 just drooling over there about that Leeville. You've had so much success in Leeville. Kalen hates me right now. He says, "How could you put the championship in Leeville? Why can't we have it in back? Are we are we allowed to get trout in Leeville? We you are allowed to get <laughs> trout. Ten trout this year. Ten, Ten trout, trout this year. And how many rays? Like, Kalen's asking me for a five redfish tournament in in, in back. With no trout. <laughs> how, how, how many redfish for the championship? Two. Two? All right, so two redfish and ten trout. Two redfish and ten trout. All right, so I I'll, think there's gonna I'll be, be bringing in 20 pounds of redfish and 20 pounds of trout. Look, there's it's November. <laughs> trout, it's not, it's not January, it's November. There should be some pretty nice trout being caught in Leeville in November. Oh, yeah. Oh, Brendan, yeah. You, you agree? Brendan's like, yeah, I'm somebody's going to catch a five pound trout. Somebody's going to be that guy. With these fishermen we got coming <laughs> in, someone is going to catch a four or five pound trout. I think we got some really good guys fishing this. I think we're going to have some, some stud redfish. It's going to be really interesting. I love, I, I really wish we could do a two day tournament. I think it'd be neat, but um, it's going to be one day. We're going to have a good time down there. We'll talk more about that as we get closer. But, um, Look, guys, if you haven't signed up for Rumble on the River yet, sign up now. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to meet some great people. Uh, I mean, here, classic example, two guys I met probably four or five years ago and uh, just been friends with them ever since. And I get to – when I go red fishing, I'm going with Caleb. When I go trout fishing, I'm going with Brendan. And I learn a lot every time I get to go with those guys. And, and really appreciate you guys coming on tonight and sharing some of your information with you. Um, and just so you all know, uh, Kalen has got all his hardware in the back there. Um, and you can see it, and he's got all these plaques and everything, and he's earned every bit of it. Um, but I'll, I'll say this about Caleb. He doesn't have kids, and he's just recently married. All of Brendan's hardware, I understand, is, is in, in the attic in a box somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do have this trophy with me right here. Just Yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's big. Well, all I'm saying is come, come when I'm in my new house that we're building right now, and I'm in my – my podcast room, what you're going to see right behind me is going to be that belt. That's going to say Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club Champion, Leeville 2019. It's going to be right there, guys. So, so y'all get ready for that one. I'm coming for it, Steve. So, uh, well, look, guys, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Brennan, I'm, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Kalen, I will see you this weekend. Good luck, yes, man. I, I know it's going to be a great tournament. Oh, yeah. Good luck, guys. To it. Thanks a lot, Brennan. Thanks, Kalen. All right. All right. Bye.